Saturday with Colm O'Mongon on RTE Radio 1. Now, hello again. As the third meeting of the Citizens' Assembly on Drugs takes place today, new figures on drug-related deaths from the Health Research Board show the devastating impact drug use is having on Irish society. Dr Susie Lyons, Senior Researcher at the Health Research Board, joins me now. Susie, good afternoon to you. Um, Yes, good afternoon, Colm. And today, the Health Research Board, we've published our preliminary data on drug-related deaths for the year 2020 and released them at the, the Citizens' Assembly this morning. So take us through some of the numbers and some of the the ones that stand out to you. So uh, just to set the scene is the data comes from the Health Research Board's uh, National Drug-Related Deaths Index. And the strength of the index is that it includes data from four sources, with the most important source being uh, closed coronial files. But we also get data from hospitals, the register of people on opioid substitution treatment and the CSO. Now, we report on two categories of deaths. The first category are poisonings, and these are deaths in the general population that are due to the toxic effects of drugs, and we might also known as, uh, know them as overdose. We also produce information on non-poisoning deaths, that's deaths among people who use drugs that are not due to poisoning. But if we look at the poisoning deaths, what we've seen is that in these preliminary figures that there's been an increase in the number of poisoning deaths, particularly in the last three years. And for 2020, we reported 409 poisoning deaths, which is the highest for the period. Now, opioids takes, makes up a large proportion of those deaths, but as a single drug being responsible for, I think, about a third of them, cocaine is the biggest killer. Um, that's right. What we're seeing really is, is a couple of trends in poisoning deaths. The first one is about the number of, of poisoning deaths which are due to multiple drugs or a cocktail of drugs, and that would be eight out of ten. And then, as you say, we do see um, that, that, uh, that opioids such as heroin or co- codeine are responsible for one in seven. But one of the, the other reasons behind the increase in, in poisoning deaths in 2020 is the increase in cocaine-related poisoning deaths. Now, there's been a over a fourfold increase from 24 in uh, 2011 to 130 in 2020. However, what we do know from other data sources that the number of people in the population in Ireland, uh, there's a lot more people using cocaine over this period. So then, therefore, we can't be surprised when we see cocaine-related poisoning deaths. All right. Now, 409 deaths are directly attributable to poisoning deaths. You talk about non-poisoning deaths, people who have a history of drug use. There are 397 of them. Now, we don't want to get into the method you describe, but they look on the face of it uh, to be primarily apparently due to suicide. That's, you, as I say, you're not going to comment on, on whether it was or whether it wasn't, but the manner of death would suggest that. It suggests there's a large mental health element within that, which would be borne out by the number of prescription drugs that would be in people's systems as well. So, yeah, so we also report on a non-poisoning deaths, that's deaths in people who use drugs which aren't due to poisoning. And this helps us, helps us have a better understanding of the, the, the burden on the population. And as you say, we don't report on verdict. The NDRDI, we don't report on verdict. But we do know that 4 in 10 of those who died of a non-poisoning death had a history of mental health issues. Also, international research is very clear that people who use drugs have a higher risk of suicide compared to the to the uh, general population. And we do see, for example, in some of these deaths that many of them are using both cannabis and uh, also using cocaine. But we also see mental health in the people who have uh, experienced 
poisoning debt. So yes, definitely there are issues in relation to mental health and it's really quite complex and, and both harm reduction strategies to, uh, um, to to make an impact on drug-related deaths need to include a, a lot of different uh, aspects, which include mental health services. All right. Back, I think, when, you're, when the, you have a table of figures pu- published in, in your findings, women, I think, at the beginning of that were made up about a quarter of them. They're now up to around half of them. Is there anything that we know about why women are an increasing proportion of the poisoning deaths? Yeah, so this is, as you say, um, quite a worrying trend. In in 2020, uh, six in ten of those who died were male, but we've seen the highest number of women, especially in the non-poisoning deaths for 2020. Now, we don't know yet why this is, and what we're going to do is look closer at the data and to try and understand it. But in general, what we know that for women, they to they often experience more barriers in accessing drug treatment. There's often a lot more stigma around uh, accessing treatment and issues, especially if they have to mind uh, young children. So these are all... This is not being able to bring children into a treatment facility with them, is it? Exactly, that that, um, they they need to find childcare for their children or um, because... They're they're concerned about custody of their children if they were admitted to have an addiction also would be a complicating factor, would it? Indeed, there is a lot of barriers for women and they would be in relation to, yes, uh, being able to to keep their children with them. And there is definitely uh, discussions within the HSC and the stakeholders around providing more gender-specific services so that women will feel both happy to attend services but also that there would be uh, support for them if they do have children. All right, there's a bit of a problem uh, on your line there, Susie. So if you could just tell us in brief, is there any country that in the view of the Health Research Board does it better than Ireland? And if so, where is that and what do they do? So the role of the Health Research Board is to provide evidence to inform policy and planning like we are doing today to the Citizens' Assembly um, because they have very important decisions to make about what's going to happen in the future in Ireland. And I think that's the key thing, that we will continue to provide them data and then also monitor the outcome of any change in policy or legislative measures enabled to, uh, to see how effective they have been in reducing drug-related harms. Okay, Dr. Susie Lyons, Senior Researcher at the Health Research Board, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, Martin Hayden, more women are dying of drugs overdoses. A large proportion of people apparently are dying as a result of suicide who've suffered from drug problems. There is a large underlying mental health element of, of, of this and things are getting worse. How, what's your explanation in terms of the policy response to this, given that your party has been in government for 12 years? Yes, so if you look at uh, the increases in the report, the 12% rise in cases treated for problem drug use uh, reflects that there's an increased drug use in the country, but it also reflects uh, having a 12% rise in cases being treated reflects the additional investment we've put in um, in the provision of drug services. And this investment ultimately um, helps us deliver and implement the National Drug Strategy, which at its heart is a commitment to have a health-led approach. Um, the 26% increase in treatment for cocaine also 
reflects that Cocaine has taken a really dominant uh, position there uh, and additional funding put in place for community-based services uh, for drug use across 2022 has allowed us to have that increased amount of dealing in cases and the other thing I'm very conscious of as a representative of Kildare South um, which isn't a million miles away from Dublin but it is predominantly a rural area um, if you are seeking help from drug addiction or if you are um, you know on a road to recovery or trying to get out of that challenge in a rural area it's a lot more challenging and that's why Minister Nocton is putting forward increased funding now to make sure those community based services all around the country irrespective of where people are that the support is there for, to help them Okay what about areas where there's been a longer term problem with drugs going back to the initial heroin epidemic in the late 70s early 80s and throughout them it's abundantly clear now that we have in those areas intergenerational trauma mental health issues and absence of counselling services and the like which need to be addressed to break the cycle of areas to get out of this Yeah and in my experience those areas you know get the most amount I don't want to name places or stigmatise them necessarily but you know we know the areas we're talking about where you've seen government have a really significant increased investment in terms of the support services around it because you talk about mental health services you talk about the impact you know that a lot of people in this situation can end up homeless um, because of those other challenges. It needs a multi-agency response and that's where we have those interventions. All right, Roisin Chortall, once upon a time you worked in the Department of Health in the area of primary healthcare, which is presumably where people need to access this. And the drug strategy. Things are not getting better here. They're not getting better. And I mean, these figures which show that over 800 people died as a result of drug use. Okay, in total it was 800 people. Um, And that was two years ago nearly three years ago now. And certainly anecdotally, and I think everybody here would agree that the situation has got substantially worse since 2020. It seems that the only thing that kept a lid on this was the performance of the economy. People's disposable income was the only thing that depressed drug use over these years as opposed to a policy response. Uh, Yes, to a certain extent. But I mean, these figures are very important from the point of view of feeding into policy. But they're even more important in relation to feeding into service provision. And that's been a huge problem. I mean, for years, a number of us within the Dáil have been raising this issue about the incredible increase in the use of cocaine and by women in particular. And this has been obvious at local community level for many, many years. Now, you know, Martin talks about investment in the areas where there's the greatest level of drug use. The local drugs task forces are the main response to local drug use in areas of significant disadvantage. The funding for local drugs task forces has not increased in a decade And these are the people who are working at the coalface. They see the emerging trends. They have been flagging the whole issue of cocaine for years. The other issue that has been flagged for a very long time and very little has been done about it. And that is the the whole area of mental health. And we know from these figures that about 50% of people who died from drug use, from drug poisoning, had mental health issues. A diagnosed mental health issue. Diagnosed mental health issues, exactly. And we know that traditionally uh, the the health services haven't been able to respond to that combination of drug use and mental health uh, difficulties. And of course, in many, many cases, the two of those go hand in hand. So the local drugs task forces and many of us would have been calling for proper dual diagnosis when a person presents either with you know problematic drug use or serious mental health problems. And the, the health service has responded in a way by saying, if you've got mental health problems, you have to go somewhere else. We can't deal with your addiction. 
information. And that has been a fundamental problem in the way services have been provided. But to date, the services, both in right. terms of the response <coughs> to the causes for, for drug misuse and people who are, you know, plagued by this problem, have been wholly inadequate. All right. I, oh, no, Bryn. The location of services, sometimes communities are reluctant to for services to be located in their community because they feel they will become a centre where people will be attracted to and dealers who are preying on those people uh, will come and prey on, and prey on the rest of the community as well. There's one location in Dublin city centre which has been very reluctant <coughs> to have these uh, treatment centres on their doorstep. It's understandable but it is a barrier, isn't it? It's not understandable and I would urge anybody who, who takes that view to come to my own constituency and look at the really incredible services provided by CASP and North Clondalkin and Tusnua uh, uh, down in Bono to show that in fact those types of facilities are well run or well managed and actually become a very important resource and service to communities. Uh, uh, not having these facilities means many of the challenges that people who are struggling with addiction uh, face uh, are, are played out on the streets, played out with even greater levels of danger to those people. What, what I'll say about the, the, the report is, while it is absolutely shocking, it is not surprising. Uh, three years ago, the Drug and Alcohol Task Force of my own constituency in Clondalkin and in the neighbouring constituency, Tala, published a report uh, on the dramatic increase in cocaine and crack cocaine use. Uh, and at that point, they, they uh, made it very clear that not only had they not got an uh, increase in funding for a decade, but a decade ago, the funding was slashed. This year, government has only increased funding for those frontline services by about four million. We estimate that if we were to have the kind of service that is required to see those numbers come down, we need an extra 40 million annually invested into frontline services through our drug and alcohol task forces and particularly through rehabilitation. And therefore, it is simply not acceptable uh, when the people at the frontline are telling us year after year the problems are growing their capacity to respond is greatly diminished. Government has to step up to the plate. And the right. idea, the idea that we can't right, just, provide the level of funding I just, uh, I, I, uh, I, just wanna, I just want to get a response from At Martin a time Hayden when people are dying is not acceptable. Three of your colleagues wrote an article in a newspaper that said they're willing to spend £1.5 on a modest tax cut. Surely that would go a long way to address restoring the funding to the local drugs task forces and providing the services that Owen O'Brien is talking. And if you know, it comes to cutting, sharing out the resource pie, that's a better way to spend it, arguably, than a, a modest tax cut that won't make much of a dent in the weekly shopping. Uh, I was actually one of the authors of that uh, piece, uh, along with two colleagues, and, you know, we talked about a lot of things uh, in that approach. We talked about... Oh, yes, well, we're not going to get into that. Let, no, no, let's no, just but, talk about the yeah, choices but, but, but the and the choices of providing the binary choices between having tax cuts for the squeeze middle okay, well, uh, well, and, and also having increased your, investment in services. If it's not a choice, then what about the resources they're talking about national drug strategy is seeing increased investment. The fact we have a 26% increase in treatment of people with cocaine use um, and a 12% increase overall is being delivered by additional investment. I was a director of a local regional uh, addiction service in Kildare for a number of years and I saw firsthand the huge great work that happens there and the impediments there are. Do you are accept the they're need. underfunded? I, I accept that like one element of the approach here is through our drug task force who, which funded um, our body that I was a director of. Do you accept but there's a lack of services? I, I like Definitely in my area the fact that we were so close to Dublin people were there was a suggestion that you go to Dublin for some of these services and we could do with more that are locally based and that's why Minister Nocton has increased funding uh, coming this year for the, the regional balance in terms of that approach because it's not just your your inner city locations that is a problem here. If you're uh, somebody with an addiction issue in, in a more regional area, uh, that can be a challenge as well. But right. Colm, can I say this? It is exceptionally difficult 
to get into uh, addiction treatment and rehabilitation. And for those people who make that very, very big decision and come out the other side, there is virtually no services to support them uh, and to assist them relapsing and falling back into addiction. Right. The, for, lev- for, the level for, of for crisis and funding I have to, I have, right across the state is enormous. Finally and, and very briefly to you, Roisin Shorter, because we, we do have to move on onto something else. Yeah, I, I endorse the point that you made yourself there, Colm, um, in terms of access to treatment services for women. Um, the, the number of services that actually accommodates women with their children and provide the necessary childcare and so on uh, are very limited. And that's one of the main reasons why women cannot get into treatment services. And that's an issue that needs to be addressed and properly funded. All right. OK, we have to take a break. We're back with more after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.